Welcome to Pathway Church Online. We're honored you tuned in today. It's our purpose to help each person believe in Jesus, belong to a church family, become a fully devoted follower of Christ, and build God's kingdom. We believe today's message will help you do just that. It will change your life if you listen and apply it. For more information about Pathway Church, please visit www.pathwaychurchok.com. Now, let's go together and hear today's message. Today, we are going to start our second message in our series. Hey, there we go. Today, we're going to start our second message in our series. Last week, we looked at your notes in Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Meaning that faith is a substance. And if faith is a substance, faith has a substance. So whatever you pull your faith from is the substance that it is attached to. If you have attached your substance to lack then you pull lack in your life. If your substance is attached to doubt, then you doubt in your life what God can do for you. On the flip side, if you have your substance in faith, then you live a life based on the Word of God and what the Word of God says in your life. If you live your life with a substance based on faith from the Word that is pulling something in the natural that may not quite be manifested yet, but since you trust the Word of God and what God's Word says, you see the outcome the way that God says the outcome would be. We looked at the example of the centurion in the New Testament. He told Jesus, all you have to do is say the Word. And my son will be healed. And the manifestation of the healing took place when someone on earth said something in faith. Heaven began to do something and the manifestation took place. We looked at the story of creation. And God said, let there be. And something that was not there came to be because someone said something in faith and it brought about a reality or a manifestation of the spoken word on earth. And then we looked at the actor. Remember the actor we looked at? The story that he gave. And basically the condensed version is he got into the role of the character he was playing. He thought the way that character would think he acted the way what he did what he said where he went everything he did was with the character in mind we are supposed to act that way when it comes to living a life of righteousness to live by faith we get in the character of what God has called us to live and everything we say everything we do everything we are everything we think all is in the character of what faith and righteousness looks like your situation may look dire but what does God say about the situation? Faith is calling things that are not as if they are. We speak faith into things. A person of great faith is a person that pleases God. I don't know about you, but I want to be a, a God pleaser. That was last week. If you didn't get to catch it, it was a good one. Go to pathwaychurchok.com. You can go back and listen to the rest of it. Shameless plug. So now that we understand what faith is, today we want to look at how do we grow in faith. If we understand that we're supposed to have faith, how do we develop faith in a way that we can actually use that faith 
for our benefit here on earth. You ready for this one? God, you guys are quiet today. All right. Are you guys ready for this one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's look. Mark eleven twenty two in your notes. Jesus answering said unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That's right. How come it seems that some people, whenever they hear this, whenever they operate this way, they just seem to have things work out a little bit better. It seems that their faith works better than my faith. Or whenever they pray for something, it seems like it just, it just comes to pass. But whenever I pray for something, it just doesn't seem to quite happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Have you ever thought that? How come their prayer works better? Or how come things just seem to work out better for that person than me? I don't know about you, but I have thought that many times, and, and the Bible teaches us this concept that we're going to touch on, that the, the, the Bible teaches us that, that we all have a measure of faith. Let's look in your outline real quick. Romans 12.3 says, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So what we learn here is that every believer has a God kind of faith built in them. God doesn't give one person one uh, more faith than the next. The difference between the person who walks in great faith and the person who doesn't is according to what they do with the faith that they are given. A lot of people treat faith like the parable uh, of the, uh, the three guys with the talents in the Bible. One was given a lot, one was given a medium amount, one was given a little. What did the guy with the little go do? He went and buried it. He didn't use the little uh, funds that he had. And the master came back and said, why didn't you at least put it in the bank to gain interest on my money? He was so afraid of losing what little he had, he chose to do nothing with it. We bury our faith because we're scared what will happen if we try to step out and use it. We bury our faith in doubt. We bury our faith in unbelief. We bury our faith in what something happened to someone else. Well, if it happened this way to someone else, it may happen to me that way. We lose our faith. We bury our faith in doubt of what happens because we don't have the faith to stand up and say, eh, I'm going to trust God that no matter what he says, his word comes to pass. So now the question becomes, if you have faith, how do we grow that measure of faith that we're given? How can you, um, how, 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 how can you increase in faith? Look at your notes. I'm going to give you all the answers for the whole message right here. Two ways you can grow in faith. Write down number one in your outline. Read your word. <laughs> you want to grow in faith? Read your word. And that's going to, I'm going to uh, talk about that in a minute. The second thing you do to increase and grow your faith, write down number two, is exercise your faith. 
Put it into practice. Jesus said in Matthew 4 right below, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus is using a natural term to convey a spiritual thought. He is saying that what bread is to the body, the Word of God is to the Spirit. We all understand this principle that if you eat, you will grow physically. But if you keep eating, and you keep eating, and you keep eating, you go like this. You start growing in, in, in the belly. You start getting a little overweight because you keep eating. What was the food that was meant to bring nutrients to your body because you didn't use it the proper way turned into flab. <laughs> or was it because the food that you ate was okay but because you didn't exercise, you never strengthened the nutrients that was given to provide for your body. <laughs> you see where we're rocking and rolling this morning? We just started right out of the gate today, didn't we? We just let's rock and roll with this. Your lack of exercise is what brought about the lack of nutrients in your body for the food to do what it was supposed to do. We eat and don't exercise, so we don't turn that food source into muscle. When you read the Word of God and you get the Word of God in you, it is just like eating. You can eat and eat and eat, but at some point you have to put it into motion to get the benefit of what the Word has for you. If you want to grow in your faith, you have to get the Word of God in you and then exercise it. Turn that faith into an exercised, strengthened muscle. You can feed your faith. God's Word is faith food. God's Word will cause you to, to allow faith to rise up in you. But if you don't exercise that food that's inside of you, you will never develop the faith that God wants you to operate in. Romans 10 17 in your outline says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. The word, word there, right down in your outline, means the rhema word. It is the revelation of the Word. This is why you can't just turn on a podcast and listen to Bible Scriptures all day long and expect your faith to grow. Faith doesn't grow by hearing the words on the page. Faith comes by the revelation of the Word of God. We can say it this way on the back of your notes at the top. Faith comes by the revealed Word of God. If you want faith to grow in your life, you've got to get in the Word, exercise it, because when you do, the revelation of the Word comes alive in you and it becomes revealed to you, so therefore you understand the promise of what that Word has to offer. So the measure of faith can be increased in your life by feeding on God's Word and putting the Word of God to motion in your life. Second Thessalonians says, because your faith is growing abundantly. Let's look at the different measures of faith. Here, we read that faith has different levels. How come this person sees something and this person prays and this person doesn't pray? And so, How come different things happen for different people? Luke 12, 28, the verse talks about little faith. So, 
you can apparently have little faith. Romans 4 says you have weak faith. Oh, I don't want to be that one. Romans 4.20 says he grew strong in faith. So you can have strong faith. There's different measures of faith. We don't want to read all the verses flagging time. I put the, the, the context in there so you can go look them up and read them later. Matthew 8, he had great faith. The centurion had great faith. Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith. So you can have great faith. You can have uh, rich faith. That doesn't mean finances. You can be full of faith. James says you can have perfect faith. You can have sincere faith. <laughs> Or you can have shipwreck faith. (laughs) There are different measures of faith. And what I'm trying to get across to you is that all of us are given a measure of faith. But what we do with it determines what level of faith we are allowed to operate on. The measure of faith that every believer has can be increased if you feed on the Word of God and you begin to exercise what the Word of God teaches you. F.S. Bosworth once said, most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day. (laughs) They feed their spirit one cold snack a week and wonder why they're weak. Write this down. I said it a while ago, but God's Word is faith food. God's Word is faith food. A lot of people pray, God, give me faith. If you'll just make me a person of faith. God, if you do this, God, if you'll just do this, then I will do this. And God is saying, I've already given you the ability to do it. Get in my word and start acting it out. And what's going to happen? You're going to increase in your level of faith. The word of God is your meal. The word of God becomes your substance. The word of God becomes a source of which you generate a righteous lifestyle, which becomes a life that is pleasing to God. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. If God demands us to have faith and we don't have the ability to grow in that faith, follow me on this, we would then have the right to challenge the justice of God. But God has placed in our hands the means by which faith can be produced. God's Word is faith food. You have all been given a measure of faith. George Mueller one time said, I'm going to use a financial illustration, and it doesn't just apply, but money makes sense to all of us. He said, at the beginning of my walk with God, it took everything in me to believe God to provide $1. He said, after 50 years of following after God, I can believe God for $1 million easier than I could believe God for $1. What he's saying is, at the beginning of his journey with Christ, faith was hard to operate in. But the longer he stayed true to the the, the journey that God had for him, the longer he stayed true to the Word of God, the longer he's kept with it, the easier it became to be a person who walked in faith. Growing in faith means you have to start where you are. And no matter where you're at, it's not too late to start now. Most people... And I'm guilty of this as well. We try to live beyond our measure of faith. We try to 
operate and ask for things that are beyond our ability to have our ability to have faith for that thing. You, you, you've never made more than $100,000 a year and you're asking God for $10 million. You don't have that faith. It has not been developed. You've got to develop your faith to the level that you're wanting to grow to. I'm, a, I'm again going to use money as a, and I don't mean for it to sound like I'm asking for money. I'm using it as a term for us to understand. When I first started our business, uh, eight years ago or so in, in Tulsa. I had faith. But it was little. Piquito. It was a little bitty faith. You guys know Spanish? Piquito? Little? Okay, no, just me? All right. Maybe I just made it up. Just, just a little bit of faith. And I knew that God wanted my business to prosper. I knew God that, I knew that he wanted to be blessed, but it, it, was, it was tough. And at the beginning, I remember we would sit in our living room and we would just pray that God would bring in one job a day. If God would just bring in one job a day, this would be outstanding. Like this would be greater than great. But what happened was the more I learned how to operate in my business, the more I went door to door, knocking, hey, you guys need your carpets clean. Hey, you guys live filthy. I, need, I can be your answer man. Like, the, the more I met with property managers and realtors, different things, I discovered that my business began to grow. And you're sitting here thinking, well, that sounds not much like faith. It sounds like you got off your lazy bum and went door to door. And you'd be exactly right. That's what faith is. It's putting things into motion. Faith isn't sitting at your house and just wishing things came in. Faith is putting things to motion. And whenever the motion starts, favor comes. And then, once my faith grew to one job a day, then I remember the day we prayed for two jobs a day. And then three jobs a day. And then we got to four and five and, and we would have 18 and 19 jobs on a day. And then I'd begin to pray, God, I no longer want all these jobs. I need a certain dollar amount because I discovered in my business I can do a lot of jobs that don't produce very much. And I can run myself rampant doing little. So we changed our prayer to God. We need a dollar amount today. I'm still going to keep being faithful. I'm going to still keep doing this. But God, we don't just need 10 jobs today. We need X amount of dollars. And when I first started, I never dreamed that one job would literally pay me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I never had the faith for that. But God took me from one job a day to $10,000 a day or $30,000 or $50,000 a day. It did not happen that way at the beginning, though. It was because my faith was developed along the way. I'm going to step on some toes here in a second. With the faith, with the measure of faith you are given, you're going to have to develop that measure of faith. I could not develop at a million dollar business faith when I was in survival mode day one. My faith had to grow. My abilities had to grow. My systems in my business had to grow. But what faith did do, it caused me to get better at my job. I began to press into God more. And the more I pressed into God, the more I began to go out, the more jobs would come in. I would tell Adrienne, 
There were days I said, I can't even start praying because as soon as I do, my phone just starts ringing. I'll go all day, not pray. I'll start praying, boom, jobs start coming in. Faith had risen up on the inside of me. I didn't even realize it, but faith was growing there. How we begin to develop our faith, we start speaking to those things. We would sit there and say, God, I call these jobs in. We, 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 we would sit there and say, God, every house within, and I'd go and do the demographic research on where we were located. Every house in this area, there's 5.4 rooms of carpet. God, I'm calling three of those rooms mine to be cleaned. <laughs> like we, we got specific with detail, God, because we need you to do something here. And what I learned was when it came to the finances of my company, I switched from four jobs to five jobs to a dollar amount. I began to feel the Lord speak to me about giving. Again, I'm not asking you to do this. I'm telling my story so it makes sense. The Lord began to tell me, I want you to tithe off the top of your business. Not after all of our taxes were paid. Off the money that came in. If I would have done that at the beginning, we would have lost our house. But as my faith grew... My trust in God grew. As I began to walk greater measures of faith, greater results took place. As my faith grew, it caused me to develop a substance of supply in my life. The substance of supply was a God-ordained supply. Does that make sense? Or did it just fall on deaf ears on that one? All right. My faith has to be developed for my business. In my business. Here's what I learned. My faith that was developed in my business was not developed in my spiritual life. My faith was not developed that when I would go pray for someone, I would see greater healings. My business was flourishing, but my spiritual life didn't have the same measure of faith contributed to it. Faith has to be developed in different areas. This is why whenever you look at past revivalists, and I'll say very uh, cautiously, current pastors on stage are amazing. Off the stage are an amazing mess. They learned to develop faith in particular areas, but they did not develop faith in other areas. You have to develop your faith in your business or whatever it is that you do. You have to develop faith 
in your spiritual walk with God. You have to develop faith in your prayer life. You have to develop faith in your uh, ability to step out and speak the Word of God. You have to develop your faith to become a small group leader. You have to develop your faith in different areas of your life. And yes, faith will overlap in certain areas, but you cannot depend upon that. As my business grew, my spiritual life didn't grow. I had to develop my faith in my business and my finances. But when I would pray for someone, I never saw the healing. I never saw the deliverance. And what I learned was in order for my faith to grow in me, I had to meditate on the Word of God and exercise my faith in the area of which God wanted me to develop. I want to be very transparent with you all. You all are family to me and I love you guys so much. Um, But just being transparent, Alfredo. I have to develop my faith in church growth. Our, our faith is, is developed in business. Like it's, it's just there. We, we've been doing it. It's there. I, I just trust that God's going to bring in whatever he needs to bring in. And he has. But this is the first time I've ever been on this side of the church. And I'm having to develop my faith for this church. I'm having to develop my faith for what God's going to do at this church. I'm just being real with you guys. I have to develop my prayer life for bigger things. Small things I feel like I got. God's got. All right, give me this one. I got this one. But there's some areas that people come in that need prayer for, and I'm like, who? Mom, Dad, (laughs) bail me out. I haven't developed my faith in those areas. I believe that God is putting together something here. And I don't want to miss it because of my lack of faith to not see it come to pass. It takes faith to build a church. It does. It takes faith to pray for people. You guys know? Like you, you felt that unction to go pray for someone before and you're like, no, I'm good. <laughs> it takes faith. It takes faith to see lost people come to know Jesus. And it's time we develop the faith that God's called this church to operate in. It takes faith. I don't want a church where we come in here and sing a couple songs and hear a fantastic message. I'm just kidding. You don't have to laugh that hard. Come on now. You can find that in a lot of places. You really can. I want a church that's full of the glory of God. I want a church when we walk in that no one leaves the way they came in. I want a church that when you walk in, miracles just take place. I look back at the door because that's the point of entrance into into my part of the building. I want a church that when people walk through the door, struggles Things that have been tying them down for years are instantly released because they've been in the glory of God. That takes faith. We've got to develop our faith to get there. We're not there yet. Say it how it is. I'm I'm not one to sugarcoat things. But my faith has to be stretched. Your faith has to be stretched.
But here's what I want you to know. I'm committing everything in me to build this church. We're <laughs> if you just come to this church to watch and pray or watch and see what's going on, you won't stay here long. Because that's not what this kind of church is going to be. This kind of church is a church that you're going to walk in faith. That we have a group of people. That the people that come in, Mike walks in and says, I see somebody walk in that needs, that, that's broken. And Mike just doesn't say, let's wait for the church service to start. He says, the God inside of me, the faith inside of me is going to go lay hands on that person and see the miracle take place. It doesn't take the pastor. The type of place that whenever lost people come in, you don't wait for the end of the church, the, the end of the service for the invitation. You say, who, there's someone who's far away from God. Let me go tell them about Jesus. The kind of church where we're fed on the word of God and we exercise it daily. That when we hear faith talk, we have not developed our faith just to sit on the chair. We've developed our faith to go out and make a difference. We are starting out small. That's every church, yay, that does it this way, that plants. That's not in a break or whatever, do it the right way. And I've got to be honest that it, 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 it was tough at the beginning saying, God, I'm going to have faith for 20 people to show up consistently. Some of you are here, you know. And let me tell you something. My faith is no longer at 20 people. Just tell me what it is. We're going to be honest. My faith at 100 people. I feel like God's going to bring in 100 people. That's just where my level of faith is. And, and I would love to say 10,000, but I'm not ready for that yet. We haven't developed ourselves to that point. And I'm not just saying we need 100 people because we need 100 people. I'm saying whenever you start having more people, it begins to have a pull on the anointing. There's a draw on the anointing. The atmosphere of the room changes, not because of more people, but it's because of the Spirit of God on the inside of them pulls on the anointing of what takes place. And it causes our faith to be established. It causes our faith to grow to where God needs this church to be. When you were born, if you were born... With the body of a five-year-old, the brain of a 55-year-old, and the foot size of a one-year-old, your body would be disproportional. It wouldn't function the way it was created to function, and more than likely, it would be a short-term life. Faith needs to be developed proportionally to how we grow. David fought a bear, or fought a lion, before he fought a bear. David fought a bear before he fought Goliath. David fought Goliath before he, bought, before he fought an entire nation of people. If God would have had him fight an entire nation of people first, he wouldn't have the level of trust in what God's word says to see that David never lost a battle. Out of nine battles that he fought, he didn't lose. But what happened was his faith was developed as he grew. In your notes in Luke 2.52, Jesus had to grow in his favor with man 
in God. When Jesus came out of hiding for 30 years, basically he was just growing up, he didn't just come out and start praying for people and miracles started happening. He had to go to the wilderness where his faith was established. Even Jesus had to develop his faith. He was tempted to say, ah, that's not what the word of God says. He had to develop the faith that was on the inside of him. He had a measure of faith and it needed to be, to, to, needed to be developed. Your faith has to be developed. You are all given a measure of faith. The more Jesus operated in the measure of which he was given, the more he aligned himself with the perfect will of God. Hmm. I just got an idea for next Sunday. That's cool. God speaks to you when you're in the middle of this. Hmm. Okay. The level of faith that you have right now is strictly related to the level of the Word of God inside of you that you've exercised. Jesus took the measure of faith and developed it. He developed it so powerfully that it took him to the cross. Today is Palm Sunday. How did Jesus get to the cross? He had to develop his faith to get there. Could have Jesus have come from day one and just gone to the cross on day two? No. He had to show us the path to develop our faith, to take everything that we have and leave it at the cross. I don't know if you know what Palm Sunday means. And if you're not familiar with the story, I want to give you the Cliff Notes version. We're going to look in our notes. The Bible tells us that Jesus was riding into Jerusalem. And as he was riding into Jerusalem, there were people that waved palm branches. They put them on the ground and they put them in the air. They were waving them saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Here comes our King. It took faith for Jesus to get to that point. The palm branches, write this down, represented victory and goodness. And then Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and the donkey represented, write it down, peace. He chose to ride on a donkey signifying the prophecy of the Old Testament came true, showing that Jesus comes in peace and the people shouted, Hosanna! Which means save now. The people thought a great king would rise out of royalty, but God had a different plan. He wanted to take a man 
To be born as a baby, to develop his faith, to show us what it was like to live the Christian life where the God of heaven can do something when the person on earth speaks something in faith and the person on earth sees the manifestation of what heaven looks like. And then the Bible teaches us on Palm Sunday, Jesus wept for Jerusalem. In the middle of the praise of the people, Jesus weeps because he knows the people are about to turn against him. The ones who are crying, Hosanna saves me now, are the very ones that are going to yell, crucify him. And finally, in the Palm Sunday, Jesus gave his life and defeated death so that we could reign eternally in heaven with Him. All of that took great faith. Jesus had to grow in faith. You have to grow in faith. Listen to me. This is the most important thing I'm going to say today. We all have a measure of faith, but what you decide to do with it is up to you. As we start Holy Week today, I want you during this week to press into different areas of your life and say, God, where do I need my faith to be released? Where do I need my faith to grow? What are you calling me to? And let me give you a hint. Every one of you are called to have faith in two different areas specifically, many areas, your career and your calling. You have faith in your career, and you have faith in your calling. If you focus on one and and not the other, one of them will go depleted on you, and you will not do what God's called you to do. Your career and your calling. And if you just retire like Mike, it's your calling. What measure of faith do you have in each of those? And how do you start developing that faith? It's, it's a hard thing to do. I'm not going to lie and say it's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. But whenever you do the hard thing, it aligns you with the God thing. And when you align yourself with the God thing, the miracle takes place. So I'm okay with the hard things. I'm okay with doing the hard things because I want to see God move. I want to see a life of righteousness and a life of faith that pleases God. So the hard thing that you do really becomes the easy thing because you're becoming more like Christ. Today, as we close out our service, Holy Week has begun. This is the most significant week in the history of the world. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The people saying, Hosanna. Hosanna. 
And when they sang, Jesus just, oh, can't you just see it? He just lit up. All these people are wonderful. They love me. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.